0: Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on October 16th, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries of St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Siggy Helgeson with a gospel reading. The gospel according to Luke chapter 18. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said... so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of our Lord. Are you a kneeler or a wrestler? In regard to prayer and prayer posture, these two kind of prayers came to mind for me. The widow, in Jesus' parable, probably a kneeler on her knees, begging the judge to grant her justice. And then in the Old Testament lesson, we have Jacob, who encounters a God-like being and wrestles with him all night, the wrestler. When it comes to prayer, which are you more like? I had a mentor who was definitely a kneeler. He had been the mission developer pastor of the church I was serving, who ended up in his later years going on disability, unable to walk, and spent much of his time in bed, praying. But he told me that even though he couldn't get on his knees, that that's what he would prefer. He even had a kneeler with a cushion and a rail for him to use as he prayed for hours each day. And he was also someone who had read the Bible several times over. I remember having the, uh, to read the Bible as an assignment in seminary, and I think I got as far as Leviticus. So it was quite the feat that he did it several times. He also was a wonderful pastor. Taking him communion and visiting him, I found that I actually received more pastoral care than I felt I gave. Once when I was sharing with him about something I was struggling with in the congregation, I was feeling very discouraged, and I told him, you know, I feel like giving up. And he just listened, and then he started hitting my knees over and over again, and I wondered, what was going on? And finally he said, get down on your knees, pray, Like the widow in Jesus' parable, Steve was persistent in his prayers. Even when he was in his darkest place, especially then, he would hit the prayer cushion on his knees. The gospel lesson is sort of like that, kind of like a slap on the knees, a reminder to pray always and not to lose heart. This gospel of Luke was probably written in the early 80s A.D., written to a community that was suffering. Many of the early believers would have been wondering, when is Christ coming back like he promised? While living under a hostile government and suffering persecution, they may have been tempted to give up on the faith. The message to these early Christians and to us comes through in Jesus' parable of the widow and the judge to persist in prayer and do not lose heart. God hears your cries and will answer. I see the widow in the parable as a kneeler, and I think it is well paired with the story of Jacob, who was a wrestler and did not give up until he received a blessing. As I was preparing to preach this week, I came across Rachel Wren's commentary on this story, and she said, this scripture is perhaps the best description of the life of faith in the entire Bible. Well, I tend to agree, because I, I think a lot of the Christian life involves some wrestling, not physical wrestling per se, but more of a metaphorical wrestling with our faith, with challenges in life, with the unexpected and unpredictable events that we have no control over, wrestling through the night like a mother worried about a child lost to addiction, or a husband wrestling with his wife's illness longing for a cure, or a brother wanting to mend a relationship with a lost sister. Wrestling with God is at the pinnacle of this Old Testament story about Jacob's life. He encounters this mysterious man in the middle of the night, and he wrestles with him until daybreak. And it seems to be told as a physical encounter, and it leaves Jacob physically limping. And yet he is blessed. I think it's It's a good opportunity today to dig deeper into this story. So a little background. Jacob and Esau are brothers. Jacob's the younger brother, and he's on his way to meet Esau, whom he had cheated out of his inheritance with the help of his mother by tricking his father Isaac into giving him the inheritance. He was now on his way to meet Esau after years of being apart. During that time, Jacob had been on the run when he finally found a place to settle down and married not one but two wives. The first, Leah, was the older sister, and this trickster had been tricked by his father-in-law to marry her before he could marry Rachel, the younger sister, who was the love of his life. He worked hard for his father-in-law for years, and had in the process gained many flocks and a big family. But it had come time for him to leave, as the land could just not support all of them. He was really between a rock and a hard place, and had to make the choice either to go back home or stay and fight with his in-laws. So he chose to go back to his homeland, as God had directed him to do in a dream, and promised him that he would be blessed. One problem, he'd have to face Esau, his brother, whom he had tricked out of his inheritance. Jacob feared what Esau would do to him and his family as a result of his cheating him. Fearful that Esau might take revenge on him and his family, Jacob sends a delegation ahead with gifts of livestock to appease Esau. As they drew near, it was reported to Jacob that Esau was on his way to meet him, and he had 400 men with him. Well, Jacob thought he must be doomed and quickly tried to get his family across the river Jabbok to safety while he remained behind. Jacob was there all alone until a man came upon him, and this is where Jacob has his wrestling match. With God. Imagine the scene as sort of a WWF match. In this corner, there is the lightweight from the hill country of Haran. We have Jacob, the cheater, who runs from everything. And in the other corner, we have right out of heaven a God like man, the Almighty God in human form, the heavyweight. In round one, they go at it. The man wrestles with Jacob and Jacob is relentless holding on to the man. He is not going to let go. In round two, the man strikes Jacob on the hip and is put out of joint. It's not looking good for the cheater. Round three, Jacob is still holding on to the man, relentless in his grip. I will not let you go until you bless me. A bold move. And in round four, The heavyweight relents. The man, who is later revealed to be God, blesses Jacob and gives him a new name, Israel, which means the one who wrestles with God. And so he goes from being Jacob the cheater to Israel, the one who wrestles with God. Israel also receives a blessing but not without being changed. Jacob's hip is put out of joint, causing a limp. And that's an interesting detail because Jacob, who is used to running, can no longer run. He must now turn and face his brother. Unable to run, he has nowhere else to go and has to fully trust in God as the one to restore him to his brother and repair the breach that has been between them all these years, no longer able to run and put distance distance between them. Jacob is put to the test. The end of this part of his story is in his meeting with his brother Esau the next day. And spoiler alert, Jacob, after wrestling all night, still does not completely trust that he will be blessed. And he still worries that Esau means to harm him and take revenge. So he goes ahead of the family to meet Esau, bowing seven times as he goes toward him. But Esau does not wait for Jacob to come to him. And instead we read, He runs to meet him and embraces him and fell on his neck and kissed him. And they wept. Jacob has changed walking now with a limp and having a new identity. And Esau, his brother, has changed too. It seems that God has blessed them with a restored relationship. But it took a night of wrestling for Jacob to get there, to be lamed in a way that he could no longer run, but had to trust in God's promise and grace, which he knew He didn't deserve, and yet he received. Perhaps that's the thing that we can learn from this match. And what Jacob truly wrestles with is trusting the promise. And perhaps that's why he relied on cheating for much of his life. I wonder if that isn't a good description of the life of faith, that it comes with times of wrestling with our trust in God, With times of doubt and despair, maybe wondering where is God or what is God up to? I wonder if you've ever had a wrestling match with God. When have you stayed up all night praying or duking it out over something that makes you feel powerless or stuck? Perhaps wrestling with worry for a loved one or a medical diagnosis, an addiction, a mental illness, trauma, Loneliness or grief. And then let's not forget a pandemic and a very divisive political climate in our country. It's been a time of struggle. And perhaps like Jacob, we too might feel afraid or discouraged or hopeless. We are not alone. There are many stories in the Bible and a cloud of witnesses that show the people that struggled and persevered. We are in good company. Consider this list of faithful wrestlers. The Apostle Paul, who talked about wrestling with an illness that he calls a thorn in his flesh, he asks God to take away from him while he continues to spread the faith. Martin Luther, who wrestled with his faith and found solace in discovering God's grace as a free gift and not as a result of good works? He persisted in his calls for reforming the church. And Martin Luther King Jr., who wrestled for justice while fighting for civil rights in this country, who was quoted as, as saying that the arc of history is long, but it bends. Towards justice. Perhaps wrestling is part of our human condition, and perhaps it's also a healthy part of growing in our faith. I don't know if you've had the experience of finding peace after wrestling all night, a feeling blessed by something so unexpected at daybreak. Can you recall a time that was your? Penny L, when you saw God, when you felt God's presence with you, even as you were wrestling with something in your life, how did it change you? Perhaps you were blessed with a new way of thinking about a situation, or maybe it was finding a support group, or a sense of comfort and well-being, maybe even a relationship restored. Kate Bowler writes blessings for a living. She teaches history at Duke Divinity School and is the author of several books, including No Cure for Being Human and Other Truths I Need to Hear. She hosts a podcast called Everything Happens. The Everything Happens podcast was birthed out of her wrestling with being diagnosed with stage four cancer in her 30s with a two-year-old son to raise. When she was told by well-meaning people that everything happens for a reason, she could not accept that. And she wrestled with going beyond platitudes to finding authentic, deeper faith to sustain her in this dark time in her life. She's been through many surgeries and treatments and is alive today and cancer-free at the moment. She went on to finish her book and write another one and to see her son go to kindergarten. But she doesn't stop wrestling. And she gives a voice to the many who wrestle and offers them a place, a community, to walk aside, alongside and not be alone. So, dear church, I want to encourage you. And I've written a blessing for you today, inspired by Kate. Here is a blessing for the kneelers and the wrestlers and everyone in between. Blessed are you who are persistent in your prayers like the widow, who prays day after day and will not let up until justice is done, whose knees are worn out from their place at the prayer stations of life. Blessed are you who struggle all night wrestling with God, praying for a sick child or a loved one with an addiction, struggling with grief, feeling lost and alone, or suffering from anxiety when the world is just too much. To all of you kneelers and wrestlers and everyone in between, know that God hears your prayers, your cries for justice. God is with you in the struggle. God carries your prayers when the lifting up becomes too heavy. So may you not lose heart and trust that you are blessed today by a God who loves you more than you can ever know. Thanks be to God.